So welcome back to Thrive, your agency resource. This week, my guest is Mike Velasco, founder of Inflow, which is essentially just an e-commerce marketing agency out of Denver, Colorado. Um, Mike and I met a couple years back at SearchCon in Breckenridge, and it was actually at this year's conference that we got into a conversation, we reconnected, and he started telling me about this brand new approach that he's taking with his agency that he's sort of internally named the Harmonic Triangle. And of course, I was very interested and thought we've got to have him on the show. So Mike, thank you so much for making this happen today. Thank you, Kelly. It's great to be here. So um, let's kind of start with why you felt like you needed to make a change uh, with the agency, how you looked at where you were going, uh, how you felt about whether you were living your core purpose or not. Like, give me the, the perfect storm of what created all this in your mind. Yeah, so, you know, for a while, we were on this trajectory as a really high growth agency. So, uh, you know, we were on the Inc. 5000 list three years in a row. We were on uh, the Denver's fastest growing private company list five years in a row at one point. And, um, you know, things generally were going pretty well from, from a business perspective. As we continued to get better and bigger and bigger, um, things didn't feel right. You know, we were, we were starting to make hires a lot quicker because we needed the staff to fulfill the work that we were selling. We were taking on more and more clients because we had this really aggressive, big, hairy, audacious goal that was based only on revenue. Um, and so we were taking on clients that, you know, maybe weren't the best people to work with, or again, that we just or different team members didn't feel great about, you know, right. and um, in, I was starting to see like in some of the engagement surveys that we do with our staff every quarter that people were like, it seems like we're just growing for gross sake. Like we know the goal is, you know, X, Y, Z, X amount of dollars, but like why, you know, and even though we had a, a core purpose, a strategic vision, you know, a, you know, quarterly objectives and all that stuff. All your OKRs, yeah. OKRs, yeah. It just wasn't connecting for the team, and they they were kind of just floating out there, you know, without real purpose or, or vision. And so um, I just really started to reassess things personally and think about what I wanted um, as a business owner and why I had even started this place in the first place. Right, right. Um, so it was that the team was feeling sort of unmotivated. Uh, there wasn't a clear direction as to, you know, where you were all rowing. Some of the stuff was stuck in your head and they also felt like there was no real purpose behind it. Is that kind of encapsulating? Yeah. And, yeah. and that, you know, again, even for me personally, like I knew where the revenue goal came from, like mathematically, but at the same time, that's not the only reason I, you know, created Inflow. And uh, I created it because I wanted to have a great place to go to work every day. And I know that sounds cliche. Um, no, but it what doesn't. I've, no, okay, well, good. Oh. But, but I, <laughs> what, I've, what I've learned over the years is that to create that great place for me, it needs to be a great place for everyone else that works here. You and so it. I started to try and figure out what my team needed. And again, that's kind of the roots of, of where a lot of this came from. Right, right. So where did the concept of uh, the harmonic triangle actually come from? And how does that framework uh, work when it comes to how you restructure or envision uh, the, the trajectory of inflow? 
Yeah. So where it came from was, you know, at first looking at the stakeholders, right, that were represented by our goals and our vision. And again, coming from simply a revenue-based, big, hairy, audacious goal, uh, you know, the only stakeholder that was really being considered was the company or the investors, which is me. Um, and that didn't make a lot of sense when I really started to look at that in hindsight. Like, how can our other, we, we have three main stakeholders. We have the, certainly the company, the investors, and me. Uh, we have uh, our team and we have our clients. Those are the three main stakeholders. And so those were three points, which of course, you know, is a triangle. So that's where the actual triangle came from. And then it was the concept of like, you know, we need to start with the team first um, because if we can make sure that the team is happy, then in turn, they will, um, you know, get great results and offer great service to our clients. And in turn, those clients will continue to expand their relationships with us to um, send us referrals, <clears throat> which of course makes the company and the investors happy to achieve a certain profit margin because at the end of the day, revenue does not matter. You know, I mean, it doesn't, it's not money in the bank, if you will. And so, uh, and of course, then that profit margin and that revenue enables the company to continue taking care of the team. Uh, in, in a lot of ways that they need to be taken care of. So right. that's the general flow around is you'll, you'll see the, that our team is represented at the top um, and that's, that's conscious. And, you know, it starts with us taking care of the team and, you know, kind of flows around the triangle from there. Right, right. And so, um, you know, when you look at this triangle mm -hmm. and you look at where the different stakeholders are positioned, right. it almost seems to me like, the only real difference, right, if we break it down really simplistically, is we used to have revenue and profit margin at the top. Clients were the ones who we were servicing, and we thought about the team sort of last. So if clients are still in that number two spot, if you will, yeah. all we're doing is we're essentially replacing or swapping the team. Right? Sure. We're focusing on our people who will then take care of the of the clients and the clients will then feed into revenue and profitability. So it's really just kind of swapping number one and number three and clients sort of stay number two. Is that fair? Yeah. I mean, and I know I, there's more I, to I it than that, but I'm trying to break it down. You know, like make a specific order. I mean, it does right, tend right, to right. flow. Like it's that. a flow. It's a flow. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a flow. And, but you know, and then you have to look at the interrelationships. Like what are the things that are going to make the team happy? Right. So if we are putting them at the top of the triangle, let's just say, right, what are the things that are going to make the team happy? Well, you know, certainly they need to get paid well and have good benefits and have a nice place to work and all that kind of stuff. But more importantly, they need to have great team members that to work with. Right. And so if we're rushing through a hiring process or we're kind of waving off some red flags for someone and letting that into our triangle, into our ecosystem, um, that really affects the day-to-day -day lives of a lot of people that work here and their right. overall happiness. Right. Same thing with clients. If we're taking on clients because it represents a great opportunity for us to um, increase our revenue and maybe our profit, but we're not, you know, really, I guess, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard with clients, obviously, because you don't want to prejudge someone just on a few conversations in the sales process. But, but you still have to qualify them. Right. You still have to qualify them. And it's, it's not to say that these were 
qualified. I mean, we, we specialize, as you mentioned, in e-commerce. So a lot of the clients that we're still bringing on, they were still e-commerce clients and all that. But sometimes like the motives didn't align or we didn't um, make sure that, for example, the, even though the person that we were talking to was able to make a decision on hiring us or not, there were other stakeholders that we needed to get on board before we all agreed to move forward and work together. Mm -hmm. And so we weren't taking those kind of steps to making sure that the kind of clients um, that definitely affect, I don't want anyone dreading coming to work on any given day because they have to talk to or work with or work for some client. And unfortunately that's what was happening. And uh, it, that doesn't work. That disrupts the entire flow. It doesn't make the team happy. And therefore, the triangle falls apart. Right, right. All right. So you've sold me. It's not just an order. It's, yeah. it's the nuances and actually um, what is in between, you know, sort of uh, if you're looking at that flow, right, that chart that we're going to have on the screen, um, it's the connection between, you know, what comes first, second, third, or how that all the, the interdependence or the interrelationship of those things. Got exactly. It. All right. Yep. So yep. you actually have just started implementing this not that long ago, and you've been getting some pretty early feedback that's been positive. Can you share sort of one of the stories or one of the anecdotes from your team? Sure. I mean, I, I guess the, you know, the, the first thing that comes to mind is just where we've had to make some tough decisions and tell clients, you know what? this isn't working out. I mean, it's not that we just gave up. I mean, we did our due diligence and we said, look, here's what's going on. Here's how we see things. Um, here's what we'll need to do to, um, you know, continue moving forward because we need this to work not only for, for you guys, but for us as well. And either we can get on the same page and move forward and things will be better, or we should just part ways, you know? And so we have parted ways with a few clients and, um, Has I, that been amicable? It's been amicable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we're not, there's no hard feelings or anything like that. Um, Do they understand why? Or are they just thinking, oh, these guys don't want to work with us anymore? I mean, you know, it's hard to say, right? I mean, we're, we're, we're not in their heads. I, I think some of them definitely understand it. It really is dependent on the situation. Okay. Well, what I can tell you though, is that the staff sees it and they see, wow, they really mean what they're saying. They're the leaders of, of inflow. They're taking huge risks in some cases that, um, you know, are there. They're having really tough conversations. They're, uh, one of my um, managers, when we were talking about a potential client that we needed to kind of have a little bit of a, a talk with a client to try and work it out. Come to like, Jesus moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he said, um, I love that you let us do this, you know, and I said, I don't let you do it. I require you to do it because yeah. if we don't do it, it's the whole thing's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um, so along those lines with the team, how important is the mindset shift? Um, and, and how do you measure those things? Cause those are sort of the, the things that are the, the warm and fuzzies and sometimes the more emotional or more, um, I don't know, just things that are hard to quantify. So how do you measure those things? Well, uh, I alluded earlier to the fact that we do quarterly engagement surveys, right? So um, we cover a, a wide variety of topics in that with our, with our staff. Um, and we, uh, we have a lot of historical data and results, right? And so that is the best way that 
we found to quantify these things, um, we can really see trends there right now. What I will tell you is again, we're about 35 people or so. So, you know, going purely based on the numbers and the metrics can kind of be tough. Like we've yeah. seen trends where if you just look at the overall average score, if you will, like it honestly, it hasn't changed that much over the lifetime of doing these engagement surveys, no matter what we do, which is fine. Cause it's a good score, but at the same time, it's not, helpful feedback, right? There's, there's no actionable, actionable uh, feedback there. So um, well, the, the best thing that, uh, that we have is um, the comments that come in uh, as part of that survey. So rather than the numbers, looking at what people are really writing in their free form answers. That's one way that we can do this like collectively across the whole company. But you know, you have to understand we also have a lot of other things in place to facilitate um, good communication and feedback, right? Which, which is a core value of ours. And so, for example, um, we do weekly one-on-ones with every team member, every team member, every week. We use 15.5 and every team member submits and has a 15.5 report reviewed every week. Um, we're very big on open, honest, frequent uh, communication so that we can all continue to uh, work together to improve, um, and you know that that's something that's really important. So if if you can't get on board with that or be a good communicator, like um, you, you know you're probably not a good fit at Inflow. Right, right. Um, so the last time that we talked, uh, we we started going into you know authenticity and vulnerability and all of these things, right? As an agency owner, it's a, it takes a lot of courage to be this authentic and to say, even though we're hitting our financial goals, something doesn't feel right. That, those are the words that you used earlier on the show, right? So to say like something is broken yeah. um, and it, it doesn't feel right and it has to do with my people and the way that they feel, even though I'm meeting my performance goals and my own revenue and you know all of those things as a private company, um, there's a lot of uncertainty and there's a lot of risk and emotional exposure in kind of going down this path as an agency owner. So I'm curious to know what were some of the, the results or some of the outcomes of you showing your own vulnerability in this particular case? Well, I mean, number one, for me, it, it felt good, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it just feels good to be authentic, to really live what I feel is the right thing to do, you know, for the right reasons and, to continue to improve my own personal environment with, you know, again, the clients that we have here and, and, the, and the staff that we have here. Um, you know, we, um, it's, it's, as you mentioned, it's still really early on. So specific results, uh, you know, like growth or even, you know, more culture surveys and things like that, that's all still developing, you know, but what I can tell you is, again, through those conversations, through the communication, through the feedback that I'm getting, that my managers are getting, that uh, our team members are giving, it seems to be catching on and going well, you know, and it makes sense. I mean, when you um, study this stuff and, you know, if, for example, the book Culture Code mm -hmm. um, was a really big influence and a, and a really, um, really important read, that... Uh, you know, that says like, look, you've got to have this purpose. You've got to have this safety. Um, otherwise you're never going to achieve, you know, that, that good positive culture, you know, right. that you want to get. So right. I think um, 
the, the thing that I've also kept in mind is the obstacle is the way. And so while some things may be tough and some things may be uncomfortable or, you know, put me in a vulnerable position, you know, those difficulties will lead to better things down the road. And so it's just part of the journey and uh, I believe in it. And so uh, I am, you know, very confident that we will see results in terms of um, number one, just our general happiness here in our jobs at Inflow, which again, I think will influence everything else from profit margins to client results to pretty much anything else out there you can think of. Right, right. Well, I'll definitely put um, a link to Culture Code in the show notes for sure. Um, and as we're starting to wrap up, what do you, what would you say is your biggest takeaway from a growth perspective um, mm-hmm. up until this point? Well, um, number one, high growth is not for everyone, right? I mean, I think like folks start up a business and it's like grow, 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 you know, and then um, all of a sudden, um, you know, you're, you're just kind of looking at dollar signs and, and, yeah. and, things. and um, you know, that to me, that's just, that's just not for me, right? It may right. be for somebody else, but it's not for me. So I think it's to really understand what you want and what's going to make you happy as an individual agency owner or business owner, and then try to craft your vision and mission for that agency around that. I suppose if it's really high growth and you just, that's something you're really passionate about, that's great. But understand that there, there are costs to that. And there, there are compromises, I think that, you know, sometimes need to be made that um, some people may be totally fine with, but, you know, others just aren't. And so, you know, my mission is really to achieve harmony, you know, among these three um, stakeholders at, at Inflow. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to, you know, seeing what the results of those are. But, you know, I, I would say to a business or, you know, an aspiring agency owner or a current agency owner, yeah, I mean, you really have to look at that spectrum of, you know, high growth versus lifestyle and really understand it and not just kind of brush off, um, oh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's hard to scale or, you know, you'll have to hire quick and all that kind of stuff. And I think you really have to think hard and fast about it. Um, because again, you, you have to be very, very careful on the clients and the employees that you let in the door, because ultimately that, those are the main influencers. That's the agency. Yeah. Yeah. That's the agency. Well, I think, um, achieving harmony, um, amongst clients and your team and your bottom line, uh, that sounds like a a pretty worthwhile mission. So congratulations on everything you're doing with Inflow and. I'm just super excited that you're able to join me today. So thanks again, Mike. Hey, I'm just glad someone's interested in hearing about this. So thank you. Very, very interested. And I'm yeah. sure a lot of other people will be as well. This episode has been brought to you by Workamajig, the number one creative agency management software. Show notes at thrive.workamajig.com. Find out how your creative agency can become more productive and more profitable. Schedule your demo at thrive.workamajig.com.